common values, common goals, common sense. The Common Sense Podcast with Semi Bird. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Folks, I think we're in episode nine, but whatever the episode number is, this is our end of the year podcast. Um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. And welcome to Common Sense with Semi Bird. So we're going to talk about, um, this is our year in review. We're going to talk about what happened over the last year. What have we accomplished? Where are we at? What transpired? What are we looking at for next year? So we'll see how it goes. I'm looking to the left. Karen, welcome, my friend. And thank you so much for your support. I see you. You are appreciated. And um, and that applies to everyone else. And so let me just say at the outset of this podcast, for all of you who have stepped up, for all of you with that personal courage and intestinal fortitude to step up and say, we are no longer going to bend the knee to the same old. We're ready for change. We are courageous enough to step out and say, look, I may not agree with what your party is. I may not agree on what your politics is, but we can agree that our state needs some serious change and some serious leadership. And so I'm willing, I'm willing to set that aside, not our values, not our beliefs, but set aside petty differences. Stop label lynching and saying, I'm willing to work with you to bring forward a better education system for our children. I'm willing to work with you to stop the lawlessness, to do something about the homelessness, to stimulate our economy, to repeal some of these ridiculous laws that infringe upon the civil liberties and constitutional rights of our citizens. I'm willing to work with you to bring forward a new era of prosperity for all citizens of Washington State. That's what this campaign is really about. And so for all of you who have stepped up, thank you. For all of you who have actually given, who have donated to our campaign, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, over the last few days, we have received so many online donations. People went to birdforgovernor.com and they gave. And I'm not sure if it was because of, of the, our interview with um, Glenn Morgan. Glenn, thank you very much if you're watching. I'm a fan. I, I probably shouldn't say that because I don't want to tank your show <laughs> in case there's some folks who don't necessarily like how I roll. But you want to talk about being objective. Um, well, there you have it. Um, and so we the government, thank you very much for hosting us for that interview. Um, I'll come back anytime. And that applies for, for any show that's out there that wants to host us. Um, right, left, center, I'm there. I'm there. And, and many of you have, have seen that. And so I'm looking forward to more of that. But to our donors, thank you for believing in us. Um, we'll talk more about that here in a minute. So let's get going and I'm going to look to the left. I'm going to be in tune to your questions. Um, we've had some questions come in at the last minute. I just saw them on my phone pop up. And so I will get to those questions as well. And so folks, we came out in November of last year. It was on veterans day. We honored our veterans on November 11th of 2022, which by the way, 1889, it's where we celebrate our Constitution of Washington State, right? And that's when we started. That's when we got rolling with our campaign. And and we went to work. And we haven't stopped. Five and six days a week, sometimes seven days a week, we've been out in the road. And folks had said, 
Bird for governor. That guy from eastern Washington cannot possibly get elected in western Washington. And then I guess they heard that, well, the guy from eastern Washington is actually from western Washington via East Oakland, California. And so things, perspectives kind of changed a little bit, right? And then they realized that we were endorsed by 14 uh, GOP parties and that across the state to include two large legislative districts in Snohomish County. And they realized most of those party endorsements were along the I-5 corridor. And then they started to go, well, well, maybe there's something to this, right? They started to pay attention. They started to pay attention. And then so folks started to say, well, you know, that this campaign has been running just over a year, but they've only raised less than $300,000, right? So we're creeping up in $300,000. Why the other big rollers are at, you know, 1.2 million and just under a million. And, you know, the attorney general's at five point something million dollars. And is that a reflection of the strength of the candidate or the campaign? I want you to, I want you to think about this. Or could it be a reflection of our strategy? So let me explain that to you. We chose to campaign across the state along that I-5 corridor in the inner cities with anyone and everyone who would listen. Not wealthy groups, not the big donors, not that there's anything wrong with it. I've said I, I'm, a, I'm a capitalist, <laughs> all right? The kid raised poor, born into poverty. I'm all for people making money. As a matter of fact, I support entrepreneurship. It's the greatest thing that's led to prosperity in America. And I want that for more of our citizens. So I'm all in. I'm all in. But what I did, what we did was something different. We went to those that are often overlooked because Maybe they were deemed that they didn't have value, or maybe they were deemed that, well, it was only 8% of the vote. You know where I'm going with this. Well, we don't roll that way. Every citizen in America has value. That's how I understand it. Regardless of race, creed, color, or religion, regardless whether you're a Democrat, an independent, or Republican, I don't care. Gay, straight, I don't care. You're a citizen of this country. You have value. That is your heritage. That is your birthright. And so I go to you and I share my story and I share my vision of hope and unity and prosperity and what we can do, what we should be doing as servant leaders to bring value for those who we serve. You, we, the people of Washington State. And so if you can only give $5 a month, which many are doing, or slipping me a dollar in an envelope, we'll take it. Because that commitment from someone who has little matters just as much as someone who has more. And so I do not judge a campaign or a candidate by how much money they make or whether they roll with the high rollers or with someone off the street. In America, everyone has value. But I will continue. So we've been engaging with all communities and breaking down those barriers because one thing that Republicans have failed on, and I mean this with respect because I am one, and there's a lot to say about that, 
but we have not done a good job of honoring our heritage as a party of abolition, the party that ended slavery, the party of women's rights, the party of civil rights, and we must be today, at least this campaign is, the party of parents' rights, we forgot our heritage, how we started. I mean that with respect because how is it that we can be labeled as a party of racists? How can we be labeled as a party that marginalizes or ignores people of color? How could that happen when we were the party that ended slavery? We were the party that supported and pushed by vote civil rights in 1964 that supported that great American hero, my my hero, my childhood role model, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that we supported his dream. How is it that we can allow ourselves to be label lynched like this? And others, they don't have the same history we do. And I don't blame and I don't call names, so I'm not going to go there. But you know what I'm talking about. So what I will say, because I focus in the future, I learned from the past, this campaign is not making that same mistake. So no, we have been going in the inner city. We have been talking to community leaders representing those who have felt marginalized, ignored, and overlooked because we will not make that mistake. Black, brown, Asian, Hispanic, every community, Indian, both native and from Southwest Asia, South Asia, all matter in America. And we hope to continue to engage Black Americans, African Americans, all. You see what's going on. Eastern Washington, Western Washington, all matter. And so we have been spending our time. And now that we have established ourselves in all of these communities, I am very proud. There was a gentleman who founded an organization to support diversity and inclusion in the inner city. Kevin. I'll mention his name. I won't mention his last but he has pledged his support to Canvas for us. And this is a gentleman who does not associate with the same party that I do. But he is a common sense man who values the same thing I value, who wants to continue that dream. And so we are going to partner together. And he is going to Canvas in the inner city of Seattle. Do you see what we're doing? He's not compromising himself or his values. I'm not compromising myself or my values because we stopped to break down those barriers. We found out that we shared values and we are coming together to get it done. And this is happening more and more often. And so as we talk about what we've accomplished for the year, is that not a great accomplishment? Breaking down those barriers, building those relationships. And if that is a cost of a, few hundred dollars or half a million dollars, I will take that as a victory and I'll call that priceless because the money will come. Now we're going to be going into what we call that caucus process. So the Republican Party of Washington State has created this convention. So in April 18th to the 20th, the Republican Party of Washington State will hold a convention. And the way it's supposed to go is they will have delegates representing every county in the state. All 39 counties will be represented And they'll have delegates, and those delegates will vote for who they want to represent the Republican Party as their one and only candidate. And supposedly, those who bring their names forward will honor that, and that's how it's supposed to go. 
And so on January 13th, there's going to be precinct caucuses in which every precinct in every county will have their individual caucuses, either individual or pooled. And don't worry, if you go to your county, they will explain the process. It's, it's too long to do it on a podcast. But look into it. I encourage you to participate because this is where your voice will be heard. I will be there. I'm a PCO. I'm a precinct committee officer, have been elected, and I will be at my precinct caucus January 13th, and I will be at my county caucus as well, and I will be at the convention as well. Here's what's going to happen, my friends. Back to money. Whoever wins the primary, which will be Bird for governor, we're confident of that, millions of dollars will flow into our campaign. And then we will be in the general election. We have a history. Look at the last election. It will be no different. We will be in the general. But what's different is our message. Perhaps your candidate is different. Not that there was anything wrong before, but I'm different. My message perhaps is different. My background, my resume is different. Not better, different. So if you get involved, if you get engaged, this is how we bring about change. So as we've been moving along over this last year, not only bringing those partnerships and forging, forging these alliances with the everyday citizen. Do you see the value of that? This is America, and in America, our founders had a vision. We call it a constitutional republic, where we the people hold the power. Power is inherent in the people. Article 1, Section 1 of the Washington State Constitution. That was our first article and the first section of the first article, and that was declared in our Declaration of Independence. Those words in our founders, agriculture, growers of Washington State, chose to make it their first. Power is inherent in the people. I value that. And what that means is simply this. It is we, the people, that choose our candidates. It's we, the people, through the power of your vote. And I know what many of you are going to say. The election process, in-person voting, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But you have to get there. We have to get there. We need to get elected so we can influence positive change to ensure free and fair elections. And I promise you this, the stats are already out. Both sides want the same. And I'm not talking about the political establishments. I'm talking about the everyday citizens, all citizens, regardless of party, want true free and fair elections that are free of election interference. And I want you to think about that. What is election interference? Our founders did not want big corporations to control, money to control, power to control, campaigns or elected. They wanted the people to have the power and they controlled the outcomes of elections through their vote and through their participation. These caucuses, this process is supposed to facilitate that. So I encourage you to get involved. I'm going to take a pause and I'm going to look to the left and I saw a question here. I'm going to make sure I can get a, get an eye on. This is coming from um, Isaiah. Hi, Isaiah. Is it true that if you get elected, you would be the first black Republican governor 
in U.S. history. Well, Isaiah, I appreciate that. And, and I first have to thank you. I have to put a disclaimer out there. As many of you know, my race does not qualify me for the office. It does not entitle me to the office. And certainly whether you're a black American, a white American, an Asian American, or Hispanic American, we are what? That's right. We're Americans. But that is a fact. Uh, PBS Pinchback um, in the 1800s was actually acting lieutenant governor. New Orleans was acting lieutenant governor. And there was some corruption at the governor level. And then the governor was pulled out. And then PBS stepped in for 30 days, less than 38 days, um, a black man, a black Republican, as back in the day, most were. And in Washington State, by the way, the same thing back in the day. And so PBS was there for a short period of time, but he was never elected. So, yes, you would be correct um, on your question. I also want to take a pause for, as I promised, I had a, cu- a couple of questions shoot in through email, and that'll give you guys time to get fired up, and I'll continue along our last year's campaign, but I want to finish out the year answering your questions and supporting what you guys want to talk about. This comes from um, our friend D in Seattle. You know, I'm sure you're going to cover this, but I want to know, you know, what the governor can do within the position to help the Washington economy grow stronger. And so, and there's more to this question. So I'll start with that first half. Simply this, you know, we have these amazing initiatives that are out there, and it's looking very positive. Um, one of those things is to make a change to cap and trade, known as the Climate Commitment Act. Now, some people will say pause it and all these other things. I say repeal it. Because you pause or you play footsie with this, with this act that has caused hardship for so many citizens you know, raising gasoline prices 50, 50 cents a gallon, diesel prices 63 cents a gallon. You know, those growers, those truckers, their equipment and those trucks are fueled by diesel. You're talking almost a dollar, right? I mean, an increase in fuel cost. That right there, that money gets passed along. You know, the price of produce, the cost of food goes up because of this ridiculous law. So, no, we're not pausing. We're not playing footsie with this. We need to repeal it. We need to repeal the law. That is one example. We have a supply chain management problem right now. Getting goods back and forth. We need to address it. We have a trade deficit right now with the Asia Pacific. That is an area that I'm familiar with, that I've worked and lived in for a very long time. We need to improve our trade relationships specifically with China and many others, and stop letting them get over on us. And again, I've already said, I will bring forth legislation that ensures that the Chinese Communist Party will no longer be able to purchase or own land in Washington state, specifically ag. And I'm talking about any land for that matter. And I will propose that that is retroactive. They'll have a certain amount of time to sell off their assets at market value. But that doesn't happen anymore. Lowering taxes is my mindset. Small business support. I can go on with this. Deregulation for small businesses. Stop weaponization of that cooperative federalist system, which I'm talking about those executive offices such as L&I, Employment Security. Getting rid of the CARES Act. There is so much that we should be talking about that I will propose doing 
when elected governor. So these are things that will stimulate our economy. Let's incubate and grow small business. Let's spark entrepreneurship. Let's spark entrepreneurship in communities that have not taken advantage of our system. Let's bring that up. Let's finish that dream. I'm serious about that because when we raise one person out of poverty, everybody else benefits. Think about that. We should be bringing in more jobs and innovation. Look at Washington State. We should be the innovation capital of the world, let alone the nation. Look at the companies that, that, that have incubated out of Washington State. Forgive me if I'm yelling. I'm passionate about this. You know, when Dee asks about sparking business in Washington and bringing money, enriching our economy, I mentioned tourism before. And I'll keep mentioning it. Because once we get homeless out of control, and by the way, we heart Seattle, you are amazing. Andrea Suarez, Tim, you two are amazing. You want to talk about a strong human being, strong human beings, Andrea Suarez. And I, want, I was going to say a, a strong woman, but I don't, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to sound chauvinistic or misogynistic. I, I know those big words. I, she is a strong and powerful human being. I, I was out with We Heart Seattle um, the other day and watching her work, watching Tim work, bringing that compassion to the homeless. It was amazing. It was impressive because what they are doing, they are getting it done. This is this is a privately funded organization, boots in the ground, getting it done. Fact and not verb, but deeds, not words. Imagine if they had support from the state, what they could do with a mindset of actually getting stuff done. The reason I had to pause because it was so powerful for me. And I was, I, I told my friend um, who first brought Andrea's name up to me. I told her I was at a loss for words, and you guys know me. I've got a big mouth. She was so powerful in watching her work. And the reason I didn't want to mention, you know, woman, a strong woman, and I'm, t- I'm used to saying that because my mother was a strong woman. She reminded me of a special forces operator in the field. <laughs> it's right. Like we're, I was on an A-team in action. That's how she, amazing. So I'll stop there. But we heart Seattle. I heart you. And thank you for doing everything that you do for our homeless, getting them off the streets, right? Getting them into treatment, getting them into housing. Again, they understand that housing without treatment and getting people clean, it it doesn't work. They need to get clean. Mental health and addiction treatment is the pathway to success for our homeless population not just building endless mini houses and repurposing hotels. We'll talk more about that, but you guys are amazing. Okay, I I, I got passionate about that because it was so impactful for me. So we get our streets back to the rule of law. We're enforcing our laws. We're empowering law enforcement. So now our streets are safe. Our streets are, are clean. We've brought compassion and given back the lives to those who have lost their lives to addiction and mental health. And now we make Washington State the most beautiful state in the nation. Again, the tourist capital of the side of the Mississippi. And for those who kept sending me messages saying, oh, we don't want more people living here. We have too many. I'm not talking about residency programs. My friends, they come, they visit, they spend their money. They enrich our small businesses. They pass those savings on to us 
right? It stimulates our economy. Everybody prospers. That money goes into our schools. We'll talk about our schools. You see, everybody wins. We lift someone up from poverty because we look at the Department of Social Health Services, the second largest expenditure of our state budget, education being the, the largest, 45% at 44 the last time I checked. We stop paying people enough to stay poor for the rest of their lives and creating generational poverty, and we bring forward jobs and training and certification programs, and we lift people out of despair and out of poverty, and now they become producers and taxpayers, and they demonstrate, and we break that cycle of poverty, and we stop with that poverty disparity. Do you see the value of that? Oh, I do. D, that's how we do it. That's just a taste. My friend, I've got so much in it, and I don't want to get crazy on that. And I saw another question. I'm going to look to the left for more questions, and I'll, I'll check it out. But the other question that we had was on the Second Amendment. And so I want to be clear on this. I, I've said it again and again, and I'll, it's worth saying it again and again. Specifically, the question was about the Second Amendment and how it applies to Washington State. And so, again, we have a magazine capacity ban, over 10 rounds and assault weapons ban in Washington state. And so what I will say, guns don't kill people. People kill people and they use guns to do it. The American Psychology Association, Psychological Association has done studies on this and verifies the fact. This is a mental health issue. It's also a sociological issue. That's where we will address it. We must restore the Constitution to how it was intended. Judge Benavides has verified this in his recent ruling that the mag capacity ban in California was unconstitutional. We find ourselves in that same federal circuit. That is hopeful for us here in Washington state. And so rest assured, I support the Second Amendment, Article 1, Section 24 of the Washington State Constitution. For some reason, I'm 21's in my mind, but I'm sure it's 24. Sometimes things rattle around. So I wanted to make sure I answer that question. I'm looking to the left to see if I've missed anything in terms of questions. And when I get back to um, our, our update um, for the rest of the year, it's not going to be a long podcast because there's not a whole bunch to update you on. So what else has happened? So I was asked this quite a bit over my last week. I was in Seattle for uh, several events. Again, we were with um, We Heart Seattle. Um, I did an event with the uh, 42nd Legislative District. Thank you very much for inviting me to speak at your Christmas gala. It was wonderful. And a couple of gentlemen stopped me and asked me a question at the very end. So I sat with them, and they asked me about the PDC, the, the Public Disclosure Commission, because we had several individuals from the same party, right, the Republican Party, and they and asked me, Simi, um, are you your own treasurer? <laughs> and I'm like, no, because that was one of the complaints. I'm my own treasurer. Well, no, it's publicly disclosed. There's a slot for it. I've never been my own treasurer in this campaign. Um, I don't have time. Um, I have one, and I've always had one. It was a gentleman, and then it switched to a lady. But there were several individuals who brought forward complaints against our campaign. Now, I want you to take a moment to this. And, and again, it's okay 
because this is, I guess, part of the game of politics, which is a sad game, but it, nonetheless, it is what it is. And when you combine them, because the PDC said, you know, they brought all these the same thing, so we're going to combine it together. And what it was was it was like a hundred items, right? You know, the R in your name. You'll notice a an R with parentheses next to my name right here, and so it said. Well, there was no R on this podcast, and so how do we know whether he's a, a Republican or a Democrat or a Martian or something? And so, well, we put the R there, right? And then they said some of our pictures didn't have an R. We didn't have that disclaimer, and so we simply put it on everything um, that made sense. And most of the stuff that they said we didn't have, we already had. And so that's what it was, and I want you to see it for what it is. People will utilize this as a tool to sidetrack us or distract us. And what we see it as is simply this, an opportunity. So I was a performance consultant, behavioral scientist be before I did this and to run for, for office. And I retired to run for office. So this is what I'm doing now. And I see this as a great opportunity for performance improvement. And so what we're doing now is we are crazy passionate about this. And so for those who filed the complaint, well, thank you for the opportunity. Because what it has done is helping us, if there was something that is loose, we tighten it up. If there was something that we had already done and you brought it to our attention or the PDC's attention anyway, then they got to go, well, no, that was done. And so they already knew. And they just said, keep doing what you have to do. Because their job is just to make sure we're in compliance. That's all. So this is how it goes. And we're going to keep moving along. I just want everybody to understand if this is the tool that you think would distract us or possibly get us to go, oh my gosh, it's too much, we quit, <laughs> it won't work. Um, you'll have to find another me method. Um, this only puts wind in my sails because it gets me more excited to say this shows very clearly how broken our system is and why we need we the people to be running for office why we need people with intestinal fortitude, personal courage, and the will to serve others who will not bend the knee to the powerful or the elite or be weak-minded or weak-kneed when it comes to standing for the Constitution or American values. Someone who can't be bought or manipulated. That's what we need. So as a career American and not a career politician, Thank you for the opportunity. We're going to move forward and we'll continue to improve our campaign with every opportunity. So we're driving forward and it's fun. And I have an amazing team. So have you contacted the various industries represented, um, represented in Washington State, Boeing, Amazon, Lowe's, etc.? And so this is from Sammy. So Sammy, thank you very much. No, I have not reached out specifically to those organizations. I, I guess what I would say is if you can retype your question to, to help me to understand why, um, um, yes, we can take money from companies, but typically, if that's what you're asking, I don't know, um, would they give us money? Um, I don't know. And I don't want to sound naive in this. Could they? Here's how the game's played. And I hate to say it like this, but you all deserve to understand the real, right? And so the real is when you're big companies with big money, 
you roll with those facilitated deals, right? You have people who represent you, PACs, if you will, or other organizations that are connected, people that are connected. Are you seeing what I'm saying? But if you're talking about partnering in terms of job creation or things of that nature, that is something that happens once we get elected. And I will certainly partner with the industry because I have worked, and I will not say who, with a lot of these organizations. I have worked um, in consultancy and supported very large um, organizations. So I'm very comfortable with forging partnerships to create pipelines for jobs. And I have done this across party lines as, as well, right? So I'm gonna take a couple more questions and I'll go back to brief you guys and some things that have happened uh, on the campaign trail. Um, yeah, someone has started to talk about, and Kyle, thank you very much. Kyle was bringing up the reality of two-party politics. And, and that is the unfortunate thing. The unfortunate thing is when you have two-party politics, right, even though the common sense thing will say, well, why don't you just run as an independent? Because it sounds like, Simi, you're not wanting to play party politics. You really just want to represent the Constitution and every citizen of Washington State, which is true. Well, you have a two-party system. So our system needs to be fixed, right? And if I had to look at both sides, I kind of explained the history. <laughs> and when I was 18 and I had to choose, that's why. I chose the party of reconstruction, abolition, women's rights, civil rights. That's just how I am. And I still am, by the way. I still am that. So whatever people think of the Republican Party, I'm old school. And that's what I subscribe to. Um, Someone also said, um, when does our state uh, swear in the governor? And that would be January of 2025. So the election is November of 2024. And once legislature convenes, there's a process, um, as noted in our Constitution. Um, and it works pretty well. Um, what happened to the video? And so if my team is listening, I'll have to, to see. And I'm not even using my my ears and so i'm hoping my audio has been working guys i got excited i i just jumped up into this so hopefully my my audio um is is working it here we go so it it, it is the um the last podcast of the year and oh my goodness and uh taylin thank you taylin says keep saying it it's no longer about democrats oh so my sister D, five by five, that's a military term. That's how I started out in the Marine Corps. I was a communications, right? 2531 was communications. Taylor is making a great point. It's no longer about Democrats versus Republicans. And so I saw a post on Facebook earlier today. And, you know, I have a comms team and they're amazing. Um, my management team is amazing. I mean, everybody in the team, amazing. And thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you guys. Um, I got another question that came in, but I, I cannot stress this enough. I, I clearly disclose who I am and how I am and my values. You can ask me anything. I'm, I'm an open book. Um, but what I want to be very clear for everybody to understand is simply this. I don't compromise my values or my beliefs, but I don't expect others to do it either. I, I, I call that diversity. So if you come in and you want to roll with Burford Governor campaign, you want to support our mission to bring real compassion to the homelessness who are struggling with, with addiction and mental health, and you want to bring real results, real solutions, 
and you want to restore the rule of law and support our law enforcement professionals, bring community policing and stop this out of control lawlessness, right? If you want to bring economic prosperity to all and lift people up out of generational welfare and poverty, then, then it doesn't matter what your party is. It doesn't. It shouldn't. Because if you stop and think about this, better schools, academic excellence for our children so they graduate with great grades and a trade, a pathway to trades and good paying job, what does that have to do with party? Nothing. What does enforcing the law have to do with party? Nothing. What does a good paying job have to do with party? Nothing. You see what I'm saying? I mean, now if I'm stepping out, I'll listen. I'm, I'm always open to it. But what I say is, I think it's time to put people over politics. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check to see if I had a question that, that popped in. Okay. And it's, again, it's another Second Amendment one. So it looks like we're, we're good on that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm checking over here. And we have one. Oh, something about the tax burden. So this re requires um, government and lowering the tax burden created from, oh, my goodness. So, so again, um, Kyle brings always, and I again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Here's, here's the deal with, with, with this gentleman. Brings value added. He does not always agree with me at times, but we always find a way to connect. He challenges me, and I'm, I'm serious about this. Kyle knows this is true, and he's probably laughing right now. Um, and that's the way it should be because I work for him right? Um, I'm running for governor. He knows who my boss is, you, right? You guys, you're hiring me. This is, you know, this podcast is information sharing. It's me answering you getting a chance to, to, to know me, but that's the way it's supposed to be, right? I work for you. Simple as that. And we're not supposed to agree on everything, but it starts with asking those difficult questions. And so what I say to this, that tax burden, it's a mindset, this, our administration, right, our governor, and again, I, I don't blame, I would never attack our governor or our attorney general. I mean, there may be times when I'm talking about their record, it would seem like I'm attacking them, but I'm not. I'm just sim simply stating the facts. But they've doubled, they've doubled our, 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 our budget, and it's, it's out of control spending. It's out of control spending, and they keep taxing us, we the people, to raise the money to spend the money. And look at our highways. We are $750 million out of budget to maintain and to repair our highway system. But yet you and me, we know that we still keep getting taxed. And it's not getting any better. That's because their mindset is what it is. And I'm going to stay on point if I can. I know acquisition, procurement, and contracting occupationally. So would it not make sense that if I know this, when Washington State does business with any other contractor, whether it's non-government agencies or capital projects, that I would have the knowledge, skills, and abilities to ensure that we get the best bang for the buck that I actually know because I'm a trained right, COR, right, contracting officer representative, I know the process I know that we get three bids minimum to create the best value for the state instead of just spending money with whatever it looks to be. You see what I'm saying? 
that kind of oversight? Would you like that? To ensure that we deregulate our construction regulations so we ease that burden on builders, not compromising because we operate under an international building standards, right? Because I have that knowledge, skills, and abilities from grubbing a lot to grading a lot to punchless of a finished product. So I know that if we make it more affordable to build a house, we can facilitate more affordable housing. We've talked about this, solutions with actions. So then we shrink government. We ease our spending. We're more effective, more efficient with spending. I've already said day one, we're going to do a third-party audit of all state programs and all state offices so we get a handle on our spending and we start to perform more effectively, more efficiently, more proficiently. I practice Lean and Six Sigma. That was my job. So imagine this, you guys. Oh, my goodness. Here it goes. We are going to elect someone to a position as defined the chief executive officer of Washington State. You're going to elect someone with the knowledge, skills, and abilities to do that job. Where does it say career politician? I mean, what skill is that? What does politicking give us, we the people? What, what skill is politicking? That, that I know how to preserve my position in government? That I know how to rub elbows with, with people? That I, I, No, we don't serve those folks. We serve the, the people who pay our, our taxes, who pay our salaries. And by the way, we just did this big, was it 800 and something million dollars? right, for salary increases. And so we need to keep an eye on the prize. And I, I hope that you realize I'm applying for a job. I believe in term limits personally. So I'm, I'm two terms max, max. I will ask and bring forward legislation. I will propose legislation to enact term limits for the executive offices, starting with my own. Um, me personally, though, you have two max um, because I believe I rotate out, and then you bring in another person, small business owner, grower, someone else of the people, by the people, for the people, with the knowledge, skills, and abilities who can create value for the people. We need to break this cycle of career politicians. And I mean no disrespect. I, I really don't. But stop and think about your any other job. You're hiring someone for a position, and what do you do? You look at their resume, right? And then you interview them and you see whether this person would be a fit for the job. You don't attack them. You don't vilify them. You don't try to ruin their reputation. You simply give them an opportunity to apply for the position and then you interview them. And then when it comes time to select, you select the candidate that you think or the, um, the prospect that you think will fit the position and then you vote for them, or in this case, well, you vote for them, and hopefully me. So let's see. Let's see where we're at. Let's see if there's something in terms of questions. You guys, if I'm missing something, re-enter it. And so we answered the question, I think, on, on the PDC. So someone said there's 100 PDC comments. There is not, right? I, I think there is a, one of the, a lady, Republican, she ran for office in Snohomish, and she was the first back then and I know she was representing another person from uh, uh, southwest Washington and by the way the person I, 
I know she was supporting as a wonderful person I have found to be. Um, not the person who filed the complaint. Um, and then there was another two Republicans. And so, again, when you talk about party unity, but we do these things, I, I, I won't say I don't want to understand it. I, I understand it. I don't think it's nice and I don't think it's practical. But again, thank you for the opportunity to improve performance. Um, otherwise, it, it's not working. Um, what else? Ah, ah, fake accounts. So, again, I know it seems strange, but I know for you, we the people, you're going to go, really? People have no lives and they do these things. And so, here's the other thing fake accounts. So, not trying to draw your attention. Um, but yeah, there are fake Twitter accounts, right? I've mentioned this before, and I think it's worth mentioning again, just to kind of wrap up the year as we're talking about what's been happening, because people ask and they're like, well, well then tell people about what's going on so that they know, because I, I, I guess a, a conservative talk show host who I always thought was a nice man. I, I, I really, I really do. I, I, I like him. I like his show, um, previous to some drama. He, he was always nice to me and, and I like that. I like nice people. And he said, you know, in-person semi is a really neat, nice guy. I'm using my words, but online semi is something different. And I couldn't help but think to myself, because I'm like, well, that wasn't nice. And I thought he knew me. You know, he started talking about 911 calls and baggage and all this other stuff. And I get it. If you support another candidate, well, then support the other candidate. I, I get it. But it was surprising from this showman because it just didn't seem like him. So I started to think, well, maybe he was talking about those fake accounts. And so I want to share it with you guys. If you didn't know, there are people who set up a fake account. And, and actually, I was wearing a red shirt, sunglasses, and I was doing a ride-along with our law enforcement. And that's where that little selfie picture. And so if you see that, and it look, as they, they took my name, and they've got... So they're using everything, right? And it's not us. And they're saying horrible things, disgusting, um, disgusting. And I don't pay attention. I get people sending me stuff or sending the campaign stuff. And it's sad. It's pathetic. And I, I won't say anything negative. And there's nothing, anything positive I can say of it. I mean, I, you know, we can, we can grow and tighten up the ship from PDC complaints. Not encouraging that nonsense anymore, but it's just harassment. But, but this is something different. I, I don't, I don't get it. Right. It's just, it's kind of sick, but be aware that people are, are doing that. And then they'll, you know, the trolling thing that's natural in social media. So th this is just the latest and greatest. So, so be on the lookout, right? Be on the lookout. And then the last thing in terms of tactics where people are trying to, to label, have you noticed that, you know, I call it label lynching, um, that they'll say, you know, semi is ultra, right? Ultra mega, ultra, this ultra, that, I mean, I mean, Right. I, I'm I me. I mean, you, you hear my words, you know, my positions, you can ask me questions and, and I'll answer anything you want to throw at me. Um, why hide anything? It's going to come out. So ask me. Right. And I'll tell you. So you don't have to worry about that. But just understand how the game is played. And just don't buy in to the nonsense. We have to stop allowing others to take residence in our minds. So it's we the people who will facilitate change. I'm going to get ready to wrap up, but we have a question that came in. Hi, Simi. Um, big supporter. Thank you, Christina. Um, yes, Christina says, I've donated to your campaign and um, you have my vote. Thank you. 
please tell what else we, the silent majority, can do to get you elected. Christina, thank you very much. And and I know um, this amazing person, and she has. Her family has actually jumped in to support us. And so, again, I'm not going to... I'm not going to go too crazy in this, but it has been amazing. So what else can you do? And Christina mentioned something, the silent majority. Here's the first thing. Stop being silent. Stop being silent. The days of the silent majority are over. Be silent no more. Step up, get involved, get engaged. It was us being silent and letting it slide. Right, It was other people, us letting other people select our candidates, not paying attention. COVID opened our eyes for our schools and our children, and I want to open our eyes so that people see what's happening in politics, right? Someone had asked me before, who is sponsoring you? And I thought, what, am I running a marathon or something, selling cookies or popcorn? No, I'm running for office. But then it clicked. Which big, you know, who has the tentacles? No one. You do, the people, the small dollar donors. So yes, give what you can. $5, $500, the max donation is $2,400 per person, per household, per election, primary and secondary. Going on social media and supporting us, coming here, supporting our podcast, spreading the word. People say name brand recognition. So when you think of name brand recognition, understand how many generations we have and then ask yourself do the millennial generation and the zillennial generations remember this back when ask yourself that but how do we get name brand recognition well we already know the media conservative and liberal both are not covering me at least last time I checked not saying anything nice (laughs) so but I will say honestly liberal media was actually somewhat fair and did cover us and relatively fair, right? But at least they covered us and that was the Seattle Times, believe it or not. Believe it or not. And so again, I I thank them for that. And so us spreading the word, us spreading the word is how we do it. And Dawn, you are a perfect example. I just saw Dawn's name pop up. I'm not going to say her last name, but Dawn, I see you. And thank you because Dawn shares. I see it all the time. I can't help it, you guys. Whether I'm, I'm on the road, I'm in Seattle, I'm, I'm in southwestern Washington, or I'm in eastern Washington, I see Dawn actually spreading, spreading the word about the bird. She literally says, we're going to be here. She, she shares it. She's sharing. So if you guys do that, volunteer. Go to our, our, our website and please volunteer. Volunteer. Um, to join our team. I mean, we need coordinators. We need support. We need people who are willing to put four by eight signs up. We, we already know we're not the big million dollar guys, right? Or gals. So we need your donations too, right? And again, we'll take a dollar. We'll take five. It puts money in the gas tank, especially with this cap and trade nonsense. And so another question came in, you know, where do you stand on electric vehicles um, being mandated? And, and that nonsense is just simply that. So the answer from the Byrd administration is absolutely not and absolutely no. Now, there was a very nice lady who disagreed with me, and I'm not sure if she understood what I meant, so I'll be very clear, and I'll 
probably remember her name, but I really appreciated it. I, I think she had a a different view. I think she may have been on this side or this side, but I like it because we're like here is where we should be. If a person wants an electric vehicle, they should have every right to buy an electric vehicle. And I support that. I mean, I think they're kind of cool looking, right? And I like that they're quiet as heck, right? And so that's cool. And if they don't admit anything, cool there too. But the reality is the infrastructure does not support them. Again, we had $500 million. Oh, oh wait a minute. That was billion. $500 billion from the federal government that was allocated for the electric vehicle charging stations across the nation, and not one had been installed. Last time I checked, just a few weeks ago. And so for Washington State, we don't have the infrastructure to support electric vehicles. And at $60,000 on average, they people can't afford that. And we talk about people living at or below the poverty line. They can't afford it either. What's going to happen, my friends, is if this administration or the next, and we already know, again, not knocking Bob Ferguson, but we know that Bob is, supports that, and he has every right to, and then you have the right to say either I support that or I don't. I say choice, not mandatory, because if you're driving from Okanagan to the Tri-Cities, do we have enough charging stations? Well, no, we do not. We have not near enough charging stations. So, or even from Seattle to Spokane along I-90, yeah, there's places you could stop. So if you have time, if you have time, plan your trip accordingly. If you want to, so again, you guys, I'm just saying it's impractical and it's wrong. People cannot afford it. And what they're going to do is they're going to supplement and they're going to charge us back to taxes. They will tax us to supplement those who can't afford it because you know, they're going to buy it for them. They're going to give them a subsidy so that they can afford it. That's what they do. And that's what this administration will do to support it. And so they say that they want to penalize the fossil fuel industry, but what they're doing is they're penalizing us, we, the taxpayer. So folks, I probably went so much longer than I promised. I'm going to keep an eye out as I get ready to wrap. But I really want to thank all of you for all of your support. Again, we're just under $300,000. I think we're at two hundred and seventy-seven or something like that. But just understand, once we win the primary, millions are going to pour in. We're going to have national and international coverage, just like every other campaign um, that's ever ran against the big system. And we know what happened last governor's race, right? You had the, and I hate to use the word establishment, but, you know, it is what it is. It's the truth. Their choice was defeated and not knocking anybody, right? But the people's choice came forward and won overwhelmingly. And this nonsense about splitting a vote, it doesn't happen because there's not enough candidates on either side. There's two major candidates on one side and two major candidates on the other. And that's giving respect to the other candidates that are that are there. But I'm just saying in terms of those who are out there and connecting and right really campaigning, there's two on, on each side. The splitting the vote thing happens when you have too many running. And in 2020, there was five. And they were name brand sort of, as they would say, people. And it was nowhere close, right? Nowhere close. Um, again, nowhere close. Because the people spoke up. And they voted. And their voices were heard. 
and it didn't work out in the general as far as for the Republican Party. But again, this is a different candidate and a different campaign. And again, never saying anything because I'm just going to say it. You know, I have a problem with people saying bad things about candidates. Um, and in particular, uh, the last Republican candidate, wrong. We, we don't say bad things. You know, that last Republican candidate brought forward more Republicans than any candidate, Republican candidate in history. So again, this whole thing about talking about Republican Party unity and then you talk bad or attack, I, we got to stop that nonsense, right? Stop. <laughs> and if we're going to work together, work together. And what I'm proposing is that we all, God, I almost sounded like Rodney King, didn't I? Can we all get along? Well, that's what we should be doing. Let's work together. Let's step up and let's preserve freedom. What do, what, do, what, do we, what do we want? What do we want for our children? What do we want for our future? Just stop for a minute and ask that. Are you willing, as my friend Gwen said to me, and I know I've said this before, are you courageous enough to say, I will not be controlled by any party or any group. I will not be told who to vote for. I will not be told who can win and who can't win. I will not be brainwashed into thinking that money determines who can win and who cannot win because I'm smarter than that. I already know once a person gets to the primary, the money will pour in. It's a matter of we the people standing up. You know it's been shown over and over again candidates winning by a landslide with this much money because the people stood up and they allowed their voices to be heard. It is time for Washington State. It's time for we the people to say we are no longer going to get played by the establishment on the left or the establishment on the right or any group. We're going to think for ourselves because that is America. People have fought for and died for our privilege to have our voices heard. And what a shame if we do not exercise that right, that right. So I ask you, please stand up. Please stand strong. Stand individually, constitutionally. Stand with me. Stand with my amazing team. And let's make history in Washington State. My friends, united we stand, together we can. Let's make history in Washington State. Please go to, and I'm going to bring it up on the screen because it's important, we need your support. We need your support. We need your donations. You know that. It, it, it makes a difference. Go to birdforgovernor.com. Go to birdforgovernor.com and please tell anyone who will listen. Direct them to our podcast. Direct them to our website. That's why we're doing these videos. And there's more to come. If you get engaged, if you take a voice and take a stand, and if you tell someone about us, we are going to win this election. I can guarantee it. And it doesn't take a lot of money. So don't be brainwashed with that old establishment mindset. Big money, big donors, big names. No, you are big with your vote. You are the power. Power is inherent in the people. And in 2024, we are going to give Olympia the bird together.
Everybody, Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year. Um, I'm going to be doing some videos. We'll be uh, putting them out on social media just to kind of keep you um, aware of what we're doing in the field. So stay with us. Spread the word. Um, we're going to win this thing in 24, and we have a lot of, of exciting things to share with you. So until then, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Enjoy your family. Stay happy. Until then.